As women, we know we have to tackle so many issues. Our bodies, our health, struggles with aging, <laughs> weight, sexism, racism. We experience economic discrimination and bias in the workplace and in our community. We raise our families, take care of our aging parents, and so much more. But you know what? We are doing it. And it's time that we share our stories on how we're able to accomplish all that we tackle. Welcome to the Women in What We Do podcast, where we want to connect with all other women in our community. We want to build new skills, maybe inspire you to try something different, provide resources, hey, have an advocate on your side, and welcome our allies to do the same. We're going to hit on some pretty tough topics and talk about things that a lot of us just don't want to talk about. We're also going to laugh at silly things and maybe even cry during tough times, but you know what? We're going to do it together because that is women and what we do. I'm Mary Brucker and welcome. Our first guest is, wow, an attorney, an author, an advocate and trailblazer, a bulldozer, a mother, a wife, and a global speaker who is inspiring women to speak their vision to power. And actually, one of my bestest friends. Welcome, Miss Diana Patton. Thank you, Mary Brucker. <laughs> Welcome uh, to Women so and What We Do It's what we do. It's what we do. So as you know, we're talking um, to women entrepreneurs in the yes. community. Yes. And you, my friend, have just broken the barriers in mm. that in that field. Yeah. And I just want to talk about it today. let talk. Um, <laughs> so you... You haven't always been an entrepreneur. Why don't no. you start with kind of where your your professional journey? My professional started. journey started in 1988. Right, I started off as a legal assistant with Owens, Illinois, a mecca in Toledo, <laughs> and I started off as a legal assistant. I bought a Kmart suit and I went down to the University of Toledo, and I and they were having career day. And that's when I met the infamous Dave Stratso in 1988. And I would consider Dave Stratso to be an ally in what we call in diversity, equity, and inclusion, a sponsor. He saw me and he said, there's opportunities for you at Owens, Illinois. And you know what? I took it. And I just didn't stop. You know, from 1988, I worked corporate. I had the desire to become a lawyer and work in legal aid and for people who were like me, who didn't come from a lot, right, to help them. And it just so happened that I got bit by the corporate bug. <laughs> and I just kept going, Owens, Illinois. Then I worked at Dana Corporation. I worked at Owens Corning. And I've had the beautiful opportunity to work in several law firms to know that I don't want to work in law firms, right? And um, Legal Aid called me after graduation and passing the bar. And then I got said, oh, my God, I got to take a $25,000 pay cut. And my husband was like, I don't know if we're doing legal aid right now. <laughs> so I didn't take the legal aid route. But, you know, I've had so many opportunities in corporate America and um, some not so good, which I've turned into positives to know being a African-American woman um, in the corporate world um, and being at a high level has taught me a lot being in diversity, equity, inclusion, which is primarily what I do. I, I started that 22 years ago, way before it was popular. 
And I've had so many beautiful opportunities in corporate America. And when I say beautiful, because at this stage of my life and my career, everything is beautiful. So that's so what was the switch? Like Mm. what made you get out of corporate America? So I always knew no one really saw me. And I felt like the first person I felt like saw me, like see me as Diana to know that I was somebody. I was someone who deserved, you know, opportunities. And and again, I I can't give a Dave Strato enough credit. I I really felt misplaced. You know, I come from, I have a white father and a black mom, and I was born in 1968. And we were not very much liked in our community in Fostoria, Ohio. And black people didn't accept us. White people didn't accept us. We were, I always say I wasn't black enough to be black, and I wasn't white enough to be white. And I was the sixth child. I have five older sisters. Talk about a sorority. I was born in it. <laughs> you know. So I felt like I was always trying to be seen. And no one really knew that in my family, right? Because we come from difficult times. And so we were always trying to, like, you know, survive, you know, survive our, survive, I survived my childhood, you know, I had a great mom and I had a great, and I say a great dad now because he was abusive, but he just learned what he learned through his family, you see. And so when I broke, I've always known I wanted to help young girls like me and young girls who I remember walking down the streets and thinking, I, I want someone to pick me up, like because I walked everywhere. And I, I remember said, when someone's gonna pick up, it's gonna be like someone like an Oprah who's gonna see me, right? You know, just always wanted to be seen. I said, but how can I help people know how easy it is for you to see someone, for you to smile at them, for you to make them feel special? And so deep in my heart, I've always known that's what I wanted to do. And I wanted to teach people that there's a healing that has to happen for you to have space to see people. Because most of us, all of us really, we're, we're most interested in who are ourselves, like what's in it for me. And service, in my opinion, doesn't come with a, I expect something in return, right? And so for me, I've always known this. And the catalyst was when my brother took his life. Uh, my brother, um, unfortunately, it's a pretty traumatic and warning your listeners that um, this is a trigger period, but um, that my brother tried to kill my mom in 2003, or excuse me, in 1993. See how the decades pass? And then um, my my husband then took, my then boyfriend took him in, and we started to revitalize him, right? I um, got him a therapist, you know, got him a job, did all these things for him. And all the things I was doing for my brother at that time was a foreshadow of all the things I do now for people. And um, unfortunately, my brother just couldn't take everything. And he unfortunately took his life. Um, And that was in 19, it was August 12th of 1994. And that was the shift. And it gets me emotional thinking about it because I've always known a lot of people, they don't, when you don't know a person's story, you don't know the person. That's right. And so people have assumptions about people, right? Oh, she's, she's, she's uh, this, she's that. She's been in the corporate America. She's had, oh, you don't know. You don't know that I have been through a lot. And my brother 
wasn't seen. My brother wasn't heard. And no one really asked him his story. And so for the rest of my life, I vowed that I would be concerned, I would lean in, and I would pay attention to young people who don't feel seen, heard, and valued. And I would teach adults how to do the same. It's crazy to me just to, to hear you, you know, here you are, I have this law degree, mm. I'm in corporate America, mm. and yet the the one thing that makes you go out on your own mm. is somebody else's suffering. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many of how many of those people are 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 out there? Yeah. So so what did you do? How did you create this career out so, of yeah. <laughs> this next Well, level? I've always, you know, I believe all of us have desires within our hearts that we're born with that God gave to us when we were born. We all have a specific passion, we all have a specific purpose. And when you're quiet, that's when you get it, either when you're driving to work or you're going to bed at night or you, you know, there's those Sunday nights where you're like, oh, I can't stand, I got to go to this work tomorrow. We should not be in those types of positions. We should always be seeking what's seeking us. And I believe we are always trying to reconcile ourselves with ourselves, right? And so, you know, you ask me like, what was the question you asked me? Because I just went wax poetic. Like what what pivoted you? Like what what? Oh, so then started your job. I'm at this Dana Corporation uh, Black Enterprise Conference in Atlanta, and I see this black woman who is so accomplished that she literally had like a breakdown, and she was at MTV executive, and she said she went to this school called Integrative Nutrition, and um, it was in New York City. Now, the interesting part was when my brother took his life, I was supposed to go to New York City and model. And I just always had this aversion to go to New York City. But then this woman in this Black Enterprise Conference said that she was going to the school and she said New York City. It just like struck me because in that instant, I knew I was supposed to go to New York City. I was supposed to go to the school. I came home, I looked it up, and it was a, yes, I'm going to the school. And my husband's like, you're crazy. Because we already had two kids, you know, and I had this great job. And I knew that I was supposed to go. And I went to New York City. Not only did I go to New York City to go to Integrative Nutrition, I had applied for Health Magazine's Health Woman of the Year and won. And guess where it was at? New York City. And so I got the opportunity to model in Soho, New York, you know, years after my brother took his life. And then I went to Integrative Nutrition, and it was a done deal. I knew at that point I'm supposed to be the coach. I am helping women. I started a company called Equilibria. That was in 2004, right? And then I started thinking, I should write a book. And I go, are you crazy? You're not going to, who's going to read that book, right? That's what we tell ourselves. And that was it. I was bit by the book. And I knew it. I just loved it. I, I have this passion that I just you know, like loving up on people, but not in the traditional, like when I say love up on people, meaning meaning like I want to see them and I want to value them for the essence of who they are, right? I do not care if you are a lawyer, a doctor, you have years of experience in all the nine. I just want to know that you want, that I want to see you in your heart level. And and then that became, that started my, my whole company. Um, it's, I went from Equilibria, 
And then we went to fititudes, which is feeling inspired together, having the attitudes of Christ, the fititudes. And then I stopped that and I said, you're crazy. You can't make any money. You're going to go back to the, you know, working full time. So I became general counsel and vice president at the Fair Housing Center. And then I left finally in 2016, published my book, and I've been on my own ever since. Wow. Yes, baby. <laughs> yes. That's what my husband says. Wow. <laughs> He's like, oh, gosh, this is a lot. Yes, it's you know, a lot. Like so many of us, I mean, you, you've always been my inspiration mm. because I, I, I come to you because you always say, "Just do it. Yeah, just go for it. You, yeah. you do it." Like, where does that come from? Because when you have been through a lot of stuff, and you've been, I feel like Martin Luther King to the mountaintop. Okay, when you have been to the highest of high, to the lowest of low, you realize. There's, why would I wait? And I've had so much death around me, right? I've come from a very large family. And I'm like, but what if I'm gone tomorrow? What am I waiting for? What is this life all about? Am I supposed to be living life to the full? Which is what the Bible I read says, that the scriptures tell me this. And I said, I'm a big, big scripture person in the Bible. And I, my faith guides me. So I know that all things are possible. I do believe that I can do anything. And I also know that I'm willing to forego life's um, likes and personality, you know, being the most popular person. That's not my goal. My goal is life impact. And so with the, the goal being life impact and to please God above all else, not people, why wouldn't you go for it? But oftentimes people are so concerned with pleasing, people pleasing and falling into certain traps of, you know, popularity and all the things. And then we fall into fear because we're so concerned about people liking us. We don't do anything. Right. And so I'm not into the checking those boxes. You know, I, I believe with all of my heart because I meditate, I pray, I'm constantly seeking God's voice in my work. I, I want people to know that that is your most important job is to reconcile yourself, forgive yourself, get rid of blame, shame, guilt, all those kinds of things. And to live a life of joy, compassion, kindness, and having a spirit of truth and humility, boom, you could do anything. You know, but I really believe that we're all called. We are all called. And not everybody's answering the call because we're too concerned about the outside. Everything. I believe this in heart, all my heart. I believe with all of my heart that when I'm connected to my source of power, I'm connected to God, that everything else will be added to me. Millions of dollars, which God, whenever you are ready, <laughs> let it land in my lap. But millions of dollars, my relationship with my husband, 25 years, you know, we talk about this. It's not always easy, but we're committed. You know, my health, my wellness, my kids, everything that I'm concerned about, everything will come. Everything. I have no doubt. And I want to teach other people to do the same. You do teach other people. To and do. I am teaching other people to do the same. You know, one of the things that, you know, and, and again, I know you personally. Yeah. And I think when, when people first see you or know you, they think you're on this constant high and you're mm -hmm. always positive mm -hmm. and you're, you know, just ruling the world and everything is great. Mm -hmm. Where are you most vulnerable? You know, I am most vulnerable because I have a fight and flight mentality. I am a fighter. 
I'm a lover. I like to say I'm a lover, not a fighter. That's a song. Um, but I am, I am deeply, um, I have a lot of trauma. And so my brain was developed at the hands of, of a traumatic father. So my natural inclination is to go back to, you're not going to get over on me. I'm guarded up, right? I'm going, you know, I'm keeping my moat around me. And um, I'm the most vulnerable with connecting with my husband. Because I was told and saw my mom and dad at it all the time. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know what? Why am I like this? And why, oh, I'm like this because. So I have to work at that. And I also have to, I, I'm like the fight or flight, fight, fight or fleer person. And I'm just gonna go, right? So my vulnerability, I, well, let's just put it this way. There's two aspects. One, I'm a vulnerable person, period. I share it all. I have nothing to hide. You know, people are like, well, don't let them see, don't let, uh-uh, no, I don't care. This is what happened. You know, this is how I, this is, why? Because I don't want to carry any baggage around with me with that someone else is going to get over on me because they know something. There's absolutely no, nothing no one else can do to destroy my opportunities. Nothing. Because I believe all things work together for the good. So therefore, you know, I always say, hit me with your best shot. <laughs> you know, because any arrow that comes at me, it won't prosper. It will not prosper. And so vulnerability for me is my superpower. But where I'll get a little weak, as I said, is when I'm really trying to, you know, get rid of some of those, those, that old trauma and the old baggage that keeps coming up to my face, right? But the quieter I get, the more I meditate, the freer I am, because I get to live a life of surrender. And that's a peaceful place to be. Right. I recently um, had the great privilege of um, watching one of your global summits yes. that we just did, um, so nice. right, uh, speaking yes. your vision to power. Yes. And I know that that is where your entrepreneurial mm -hmm. um, vision is is mm -hmm. right now. Yes. Uh, where well, I'll let you tell what this. Well, we what, I got I got ten thousand women. I want to really I see in a vision, right. And I believe all of us have, every single one of us has, I believe, Martin Luther King visions, right? Where we, we know when we know when we know, and that's mine, right? I have a vision. I want to see these women free. I want them to experience freedom at the deepest level. Why? Because when you experience that freedom, you are going to be able to soar. You're going to help your family soar. You're going to break generational curses. You're going to make your um, your com community soar, right? You're going to see needs. You're going to know how to deal with those. And you're also going to help your organization. I mean, this is, can I, can I just put a little message out to the organizations these days? This is not 1980. This is 2023. We just had a pandemic and one of the largest social justice movements of our time. And we're seeing laws being passed that are really ridiculous. It's time we wake up and understand that the women that I'm working with, we're changing things, right? We, and by the way, read the McKinsey and Lean In study done in 2022 of women in the workplace, and you will know what I'm all about. Not only am I just working with women, but just really helping them understand that they're being called. You're being called. Every single one of us, wake up answer the phone call and you gain the confidence because you keep the commitments that you make to yourself. 
How many of you times, you know, when you don't keep a commitment, you, you think you got, you're an imposter. You're not an imposter. There's no such thing as imposter syndrome, right? You are because you say you are. And we all need community. There's nothing better than knowing other people are with you. And so that's what I'm all about, right? Is helping people become rise advocates. They can soar. They can be the best that they can be. And there's no story from your past that will stop you. Nothing will stop you. And that's the beautiful part of what I love helping people do. Well, the whole point of Women in What We Do podcast is about telling your story. And I think what you're doing is lifting us all up Mm -hmm. to help us give us the voice um, that we all need. And I'm so grateful for your strength, for your wisdom. Thank you. For your friendship. And yours, too. (laughs) And strong woman over here. For being here today. So so I appreciate you. I appreciate you. If you'd like to learn more about Diana and her story, please follow her on social media at Diana Patton and learn more about her work by going to risewithdiana.com. And please think about becoming a RISE advocate. Thanks so much for joining me on today's episode of Women in What We Do. I'm your host and producer, Mary Brucker, and my co-producer, talented director, and the one that keeps me sane, Miss Sierra Ortiz. Sitting next to me, editing, mixing, and post-producing, our sound effects expert, Christopher Pfeiffer. Again, I cannot thank our guest, Diana Patton, enough. If you like what you hear, please go to wgte.org backslash what we do and drop us a line. We'll see you next time on Women and What We Do. And remember, speak up, we do. WGTE. Voices around us. WGTE is supported in part by American Rescue Plan Act funds allocated by the City of Toledo and the Lucas County Commissioners and administered by the Arts Commission.